Welcome back to the Character Corner on the MTR Network. This is your host Chris here, and also Deepom. Uh, we, if, if we sound a little tired, if we sound a little out of place, it's because um, Deepom and I are on the opposite end of <laughs> housing processes. <laughs> I'm packing up, and Deepom is unpacking. And uh, let's just say it takes a lot of toll on you. It's so draining. I'm so tired all the time now. Like to the point where I'm kind of like, oh, good. The work week's coming. I can do other stuff during my days. Yeah. It's like I'm not in the house, so I don't have. Then you come home and you're like, you're supposed to come home and feel relaxed. You come home and you feel anxiety. And you're like, oh, fuck. The thing is, I don't want to take the anxiety because most of the things are impacted. The house is starting to feel like a home again. But it's 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 still a lot. Because like I said, like I'm at least, my old lease is next week. So we got to make sure that house is clean too. So now I'm kind of jumping between two houses. It's been a lot. Yeah, it's it's there's just a lot going on. It's just I'm over here trying to pack stuff up. Like the 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 the, the studio I'm in right now is almost bare. Like things are com- almost all off the wall. Fine. Yeah, this is uh, almost completely <laughs> off the wall. All right, completely off the wall. There's uh, uh, comics are all packed up. Like I, it was so funny. I was going through stuff, and I sent you that. I, I tagged you on that picture on Instagram. That had um, my Wizard magazines, because we had just talked about this. I think the last character, uh, character corner, but Wizard magazine, or it was either that or it was like that mailbag. And I was like, "Oh my god, they've been sitting behind me the entire time. They were literally on the bookshelf behind me, and I didn't, I didn't realize." <laughs> my goodness, it was so many. Oh, uh, you haven't seen the picture I'm gonna put up today. Uh, I, I had because um, I found I had leftover comics. So I had uh, the the Wizard magazine from yesterday. Then I found out my Fatal Attraction X Men uh, crossover uh, comics that I had left in the bag by accident. And then I also had um, the uh, there was the Fall of the Mutants X Factor one. I think I can't remember which X Factor one. It's the one with um, Archangel on the cover. I think it's right. what's that like twenty three or twenty four? Can't remember. And then there's I have some uh, Days of Future Presents ones, and it, it was just like I couldn't believe I had those still. Like these, they're just. I'm a fucking nerd. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad you're finally coming to grips with that yeah. as we sit down and talk about Transformers. But, but oh, there's that. And th- well, then there's one more thing, too. I found my whole thing of baseball cards. Oh, wow. So that's an early nerd. Bruh. I that's like have... when you're finding your way as a nerd, you start collecting stuff. Like maybe because mine was basketball cards. So I had them too, but not as much as ba- baseball cards. And I have like, and then so, and, and mixing with the baseball cards, there are a couple, because they used to do this too. I had a couple of um, like comic cards too, like some X Men cards and things like that. Oh, yeah, Marvel, like Marvel Flare series? Yes. With the 92 foil flares? Yeah, I know those cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it, it's been both uh, revealing and also slightly embarrassing that I still have some of this stuff. <laughs> Tells you a lot about who you were as a person. Right. Like I said, I'm looking at the picture now, and it's like, there's a shit ton of baseball cards here, and I can't believe I still have these. So, I got a question. We've got um, some reviews here. When's the last one we read? Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember. It had to be, I guess, maybe May? Maybe okay, April? so we've got one from May 19th. I, I can think that's the, 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 the oldest new one. Should I go ahead and read these? I say go ahead and read them. Let's do it. Let's just right, get so, in. Uh, just so you guys, this is, this is the Character Corner, right? Yes. This is the Character Corner podcast. And uh, we've got, if you leave reviews, five stars, we'll read them on the air. And we've got three new reviews today. 
The first one is from uh, Jay and at. Thank you for the review. Five stars. I'm new to the pod, but familiar with your Twitter presence. We're sorry. Um, I appreciate what you guys do. The last three years, I've come to love comics again. After a lot of years of not reading them, what you guys are doing is really important. I hope you get more exposure. Thank you very much for the review. And I get, we get a lot of those responses. People say, oh, they are lapsed readers. They hadn't thought about comics in a while. But with it coming back to the mainstream, that the podcast has been a good way to kind of dip the toe back in. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that um, especially with the way com- comic uh, uh, outlets cover comic books, it's almost like people, you know, you, you don't realize that there are good comics out there. It's it's the, um, and I, just, I always make this joke that everything's wrestling, but if you go to a wrestling webpage, people are complaining about everything that's happening. If you go to a comic book webpage, people are going to be complaining about everything that's happening, but we're just going to be the ones who are like, hey guys, we're not bought or paid for by anyone. Though, you know, let's have that conversation, Marvel and or DC. Let's not close that door. We're just, yeah, we're never aware. Not for sale, but we're taking payment. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we are just fans. When we say, when I tell Chris, here's an X run you missed that you should read, and we read it, and then it, it happens organically. It's not like we have this big arch plan for these things. When we talk, talking, we'll suggest something to one another, we read it, and then we're like, oh, we got to talk about this. Or alternately, oh, you read the boys too? Oh, nigga, we could never talk about this. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Next review is from uh, NPZ1978. This show just makes me happy. Every time I listen, I'm reminded of why I love comics. The show is also why I come back to Marvel Limited again and again. You guys should get royalties for the number of times you get listeners to dive back into comics. I'll read that again. You guys should get royalties for the number of times you get listeners to uh, dive back into comics. Every time I'm, I listen, I'm brought back to my favorite comic shop when I was growing up. The breakdown of the characters is amazing, and the commentary is funny and dead on. The MTR Network is simply one of the podcast net- is one of the, simply one of the best podcast networks out there. I'm always grateful for the content. Excelsior! I like that. That was a good. One. And our last new review is uh, from Mr. Charlie Bluegrass. Uh, great podcast. This podcast is awesome. Chris and Deepon are super funny and really thorough. I also appreciate the progressive lens they use talking about comics history. It's refreshing to hear two black men nerd out about comics. This is not a voice. Sp- a voice. I run into much, and I guess they just made their own space. Comics fandom is enriched by them. I'm mostly a 90s X-Men kid, and I really just haven't kept up with anything very well. I've really enjoyed listening to the uh, X-Men episodes to catch up on all the crazy things that have happened since I last read. These apps were so great that I started listening to the others, and they managed to make everything interesting. Thank you again for the reviews and for the listens. And uh, yeah, I think you've got something in common with us, because looking at you and your wizard covers in the uh, comics I unearthed, during my move, I think we're both pretty staunchly '90s X kids. Yeah, I that that's all I could think of when I looked at this stuff. I was just like, "I'm such a '90s X Men kid." <laughs> oh my god! I, I I pulled out a Joe Mad cover with Storm and Marrow on the cover. Like, yep, that's 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 an X kid for you. <laughs> yeah, I am because again, that's almost all the comics I still own now are from that period, and they're mostly X books. Almost every yeah. single one of them is an X book. Like I think at one point there, because I know you pulled out, you were on Instagram and you did uh, a a, uh, a screenshot of uh, you, you took a picture of some of your issues, and I was like, "Yep, have that one. Yep, have that one. Yep, have that one." <laughs> and they're like, they're not even like it's not even like they're like everybody knows me for like the like the the rare comics I have, right? 
Right. But like nobody knows, and I've never gone through like the other just random shit I have. So I'm looking One at the, day, I'm gonna go through that chest and have to take some pictures. This will be yeah, fun. Yeah. But this is yeah. It's crazy. You had the one with uh, Juggernaut on the cover where he had been laid out, and I was like, "Yeah, I have that one. I definitely have." Bro, that. you know what? Though I bought those issues at a convention at, at AwesomeCon two years ago. <laughs> those are my AwesomeCon. Like those aren't the real bit. Like the ones that are baked up and covers are falling off. Like I have there's a trunk of comics in my parents' house, and I know they'll listen to this podcast. So I'm not promising ever to get them, but I probably should. Yeah. No. I um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, mine are definitely from. I think they might be from a newsstand. Oh, that, that's, how, that's how that's how that old they might be. Rack. Right, that might be how that might be how old they are. They might be from the spinning rack. Oh, you know what? I've got to actually email into our mailbag for the end of this month because Walmart's bringing back the spinning rack for some of these DC books. Well, good for them. The hundred page giant. So Brian Michael Bendis's first Batman work ever will be running in that hundred page giant. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Tom King's writing a 12-part Superman story in there drawn by Andy Kubert. Interesting. Interesting. All in right. other words, they've got a... Yeah, 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 yeah. We got this. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, we, we mentioned it up before. This is... Uh, we, we said... So we've been doing the character corner for a while, three years now, and we've basically been focusing just on characters. We said we wanted to try to change that up, start, start expanding this a little bit. And we're, this is going to be something that like, like, rolls across like the entire MTR network where we're kind of pairing up some of the uh, premium shows we do with like sister or brother shows, if you will, uh, on um, on the on the non-premium feed. So the sister show to the character corner is basically combo book club. And uh, so we're going to find ways to kind of bring in you guys some combo book club stuff on the main character corner feed. And if you like those, definitely check out uh, go premium and check out the combo book club because we're going to have another combo book club. Uh, it ended up might it might end up just being myself and Deepom. I don't know who else replied to this. Who, who's going to even be up on this thing? Where we're going to be talking about Uncanny X Force, which is oddly enough really kind of tied to what we're about to talk about with this combo book club slash character corner on Transformers. Because so we're dealing with uh, we're doing Chaos Theory. Uh, do you know what issues that was from Transformers? Chaos Theory is from the Transformers ongoing series that was uh, <clears throat> much maligned. And it was issues 22, I want to say 23, and I think that was it. Wait, hold on, I'll make sure. I think the trade paper puts more issues in there to give background, but yeah, I think that's those are the main. 22 and 23 chaos theory, yeah. Yeah. So they're notable because if you ever listen to our other character corners on, or to me, comic book clubs on Transformers, I think actually we did IDW on um, more than sound the character corner feed as well. James Roberts's first published IDW work was Chaos Theory. Yes. He was also joined by his partners on the More Than Meets the Eye run, uh, being Alex Milne on pencils and uh, Joan, um, excuse me, Joanna LaFuente on colors. So this was kind of the team that everyone was like, "This is kind of going to be the the look of Transformers going forward." And kind of the fun part is that Roberts got to put his stamp on it before anything else was really announced. At first, it was just like, "Oh, this is the guy who wrote that massive fan fiction." Back in the early 2000s, they're letting him write two issues, and it turned to be so much more than that. Right, and um, we're then going to go into Last Stand of the Wreckers and Sins of the Wreckers, which again, and I think the first part of our comic book club on that stuff 
we we did do one where it's just me and Deepak, and it might be on the non-premium feed, so you can go find that. But if you come, uh, if you go premium, you can definitely find uh, some 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 combo book club stuff on that. Uh, and if you did listen to that stuff, then you know we brought the 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 records get bring up a lot of time. The the actual series last end of the records gets bring, brought up a lot of times. And then some of the stuff we're going to discuss from Chaos Theory also is kind of tied in there as well. So it's all kind of there. Um, so, and, and I and to finish the thought I had before when I was saying that this is kind of tied to um, Uncanny X Force. If you listen to if you haven't listened to us before and you're like, oh, this is Transformers, I don't really care about this stuff. The and somehow you didn't listen to the IDW uh, uh, part that that, that Deepom did before. I really feel like these issues really like these are some of the most human books we've ever covered. Right. Even though they're Transformers. And so when you when we get to this uncanny X or stuff in the in the comic book club, we're gonna be talking about people dealing with the sins of their mistake the mistakes the uh, the, the the sins of their past and dealing with the mistakes they made and, you know, uh the true cost of war and, and killing and doing all this stuff. And I'm reading that stuff and I go back and I read this stuff, and I'm like, what's well, the same thing? But even delving in even more, like right. you find out, and you as we go through this, and I'll, I'll let Deepom take the lead on this stuff because he knows way more about the background behind all this stuff. But <laughs> like, I think we're starting with chaos theory. What was so interesting to me about the chaos theory stuff is you. It really comes down to you seeing that Optimus Prime and, and, and Megatron, who are these figures, they're not that different. They didn't start off that different, and, and if things had just changed just a little bit, slightly different, they could have been fighting for the same thing. And instead, you get Autobots and Decepticons, who basically, like, they both have, like, really bad sins among them. To the point that... Well, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're right. No, you're 100% right. And I'm going to be uh, covering some of the other seeds of the war and some solo podcasts that uh, cover the Asians that were these digital only comic books released by IDW. But you're right. It's, it's the, the theme continues. Your actions have repercussions. Yeah. And you must pay the piper when it comes due. And uh, yeah, let's talk about chaos theory because this takes place in the ongoing series at a point where it looks like the war is tilting towards an end. Megatron is giving himself up on earth and agreed to go back to Cybertron in Autobot custody, and kind of the framing narrative around these two issues is Optimus Prime and Megatron, for the first time in four million years, are going to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's a conversation with very tilted power dynamics because Prime can have Megatron's spark snuffed in the, with the blink of an eye. Yeah. But he doesn't. He's more curious why Megatron is the way he is. It's and fun. you get what's often referred to as the first part of uh, Roberts's Chaos Trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it opens with Megatron and Impactor drinking in a bar. And if you notice, this is the first appearance in any fiction of Rome, which turns out to be a major part of More Than Meets the Eye. And I don't know if you remember this in the time travel parts of More Than Meets the Eye, they use exact panels from this run. No, I, 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 looked, I, I read that. I looked at that and I was like, wait a minute, I've read these panels before. They're from more than exactly. the ACI. They're the exact panels from there. So yeah, and that's and that's one of the things that you say that when I was asking him on the interview, he's like, "How long did you plan this? Because this is a little creepy." Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like it seems a little demented, but it all starts as a bar fight. Megatron's taken into custody and he's beaten in custody by a corrupt police officer who we later know is world. And the Optimus demanding his release, saying that, he, saying that he shouldn't have been beaten, he shouldn't have been touched, and you kind of get to see Optimus as the fa- the face of this system that's broken. But you know, people tell that story of the one good cop. He truly is the one good cop. He not only is the one good cop, but even before then, you know, you, you have Megatron has been Megatron has been writing this manifesto, if you will. That's basically this idea that. If you want to put to put it in, in in human terms, all men are created equal. <laughs> you know, I hate the fact that he's right. You know. But that's what it is. Like that's literally what. Like it, Megatron is that guy. He's not a fighter. He doesn't want this huge bloody revolution. He wants to write this idea, and, and he wants to spark this idea to get people to his cause. He doesn't believe in the violence. He doesn't believe in like matter of fact, it's, it's so funny. He's talking to Impactor and Impactor's the one that's like, yeah, I gotta go whoop these cadets' asses because they're over here picking on this dude rung. And 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 Megatron gets thrown into jail because he's they just throw everybody together. They're like, oh well you had to be doing you're his friend. You had to be involved in here as well. Megatron didn't lift a finger. He didn't do anything. You know? And um the interesting thing about the conversation after he's you know, beating my world and he's let go by Optimus Prime who it's like, yeah, he, he didn't do anything wrong. Optimus had read his manifesto and told him, it's like, I don't agree with everything, but you make some good points. Basically keep writing. And, <laughs> and it's one of those things that's so amazing. Cause you're like, Oh my God. They, they like, if he had not gotten beaten by wrong, if he had not gotten beaten by world, if he hadn't had his complete belief in this system, well, he already didn't have belief in this, but he didn't have. If he hadn't been attacked, they really could have been something. They really could have been on the same thing, and you see the divergence of path. And what's so funny is, as they go through this conversation, you can tell that Megatron doesn't understand what happened after he left. Doesn't know. And it's. A, I'll, I'll let you go ahead through with it, but it's just. It was such a fascinating thing. Because issue two is kind of, and, I, and I, I've, I've said this to people who other are also seek to the mythos. I would argue that this is when the war started. This yeah. was the moment, because it's kind of commonly agreed upon looking back that the Senate and the autocracy that was running things was corrupt and evil. But the question became: Do we want order to change, or do we want to burn it all down? And. Megatron's words of, you know, this society is broken, that you're born into, if you're born with a shovel on your back, you're automatically a miner. That shouldn't be. And then when you learn more about world story in More Than Meets the Eye, where he was a watchmaker. He was a helicopter who petitioned to be reclassified so he could make watches. People didn't like it. They beat him and took his hands. And that's how he became the psychopath who ends up beating Megatron. And basically starting the war. <laughs> and basically starting the Great War. It's... It's one of those things that, you know, you hear Transformers, the heroic god about the evil Decepticons, and everything we read in this, we're about to talk about, introduces the idea that nothing is that black and white. Nothing could be. All these pieces matter, and it's all interconnected. Yeah. Like, what happens is, so, you know, Optimus decides, oh, well, we're going to throw World in jail because, he, again, like you said, that he's, he's the one good cop. Like, Optimus is the guy. Is the, when you hear people go, well, not all cops. There are some good cops. It's like... Well, why aren't you like Optimus? Because Optimus basically <laughs> threw World in jail. Was like, fuck it. He, they were like, yo, you do know who his friends are, right? He's got friends in the Senate. You can't do this. <laughs> I was like, 
don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was like, and? And so, like, that's what you do. If you're the good cop, that's what you do. You go do the good cop shit by throwing the bad cops in jail. That's what Optimus did, right? And so then he comes back and finds that uh, World's friends had come to not only break him out, but then to literally slaughter everybody in the police station. And then you also see why Optimus is a badass. Cause... No, you're like, no, Optimus Prime does not fuck around. Right. So then he could, and this is before he's even Optimus, right? He just, he's a Ryan Pack. He's a Ryan, Ryan Pax. He's a Ryan Pax. Just, just a cop. Just a cop. Just a dude at a desk, right? He not only whoops all their asses, right? He then, I think, picks a, because World, he had, ended up chopping off part of World's leg. Picks up World, then fights his way through the Senate. <laughs> to confront who did he confront on the Senate floor? Oh. Everyone. Yeah, well, it's everyone, but it's, I can't remember who was talking at the time. But he does this, and you're just like, because it, it's so funny. Oh, Senator Prime's the one who's like, uh, have him arrested, and they're yeah. like, we can't stop him. Right, right. Senator, it's such a funny panel because it's like Senator Prime's like, so they're like, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's there's somebody breaking in right now. He's like, have him arrested. Yeah, right. Not a big deal. Then he come back. It's like, uh, sir, he's still coming. Uh, well, shoot him and kill him. Five minutes later, uh, sir, uh, he's right there. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, he didn't want to talk to him because he didn't want to listen to us. Right. It's and it's an incredible thing because he literally works his he 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 has fought his way through this. He's got you know basically cut up, bruised, and he confronts the entire Senate with whirl draped over his fucking shoulder. You're like, yeah, this guy's like fine. a G. Like and a, you got it's like you said earlier. You got to remember that. Prime Megatron doesn't know this happens. No, Megatron has no. Well, here's the other thing too. So you know, Megatron had made, made this this manifesto, and he had three questions he wanted to he wanted to ask the Senate. <laughs> and so, so Optim, you know, Orion packs his time. Not only fights the way to sit, he then he then confronts the Senate and asks them the three questions. You know, and again, Megatron doesn't know. Uh, that he did this, and I think that let me see if I had the three questions. It's the three questions: one, in in whose interest do you exercise your power? Uh, to whom are you just uh, to whom are to whom are you uh, accountable? And three, how can we get rid of you? Those are the three so, questions. This is James Roberts's second comic book for IDW ever. And for people who say I don't want politics in my comic books, blah blah blah. This is almost a verbatim quote from British politician Tony Benn. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the cabinet minister for labor governments in the 60s and 70s. He is a key, he was a key proponent of the idea of democratic socialism within the Labor Party. Like this guy is a, that's one of those that's one of those moments where I was like, oh, I'm about to follow Jake Roberts. That was some that was some serious lefty nonsense. Because if you read the entire speech he gives, it's it's a wonderful decision. It, it's the speech like all of, the portrayal of Megatron is one thing in the previous issue, but this is the speech that makes you say, wait a second, what am I reading yeah. about this war? Yeah. He says, you dare interrupt the Senate in session. Evidently, this is world. He broke the law. Associates of yours wanted me to overlook that fact. I didn't, and two good officers died as a result. I want you to look at him and realize that even the smallest actions have consequences. You sit in session, detached from the real world, giving orders designed to keep the rest of us in check. And if anyone sits out of line, if anyone thinks a rogue thought, you tighten your screws. I didn't even realize this until I met a miner from Tarn, a friend who had so much to say he couldn't find the words. A miner by design, but not by choice. He wanted the freedom to choose his own fate, not by having it, not by having to, it decided for him by a ruling elite who presumed to know best. 
And only now do I recognize the limits you put on our freedom. And you do it because you're terrified of anything you can't control. They have a name for us, you know, other races, looking down on us, mapping our progress. They call us Autobots. I've also, I've often wondered what that means and now realize that auto comes from automation. When it leads to routine, monotonous life. And that's what we are, isn't it? Automatons, our lives before, our lives, our lives before, our lives even more circum, circumscribed from birth to death, ignition to burnout. Doesn't it have to be like this? All, all of us could be so much more. Autobots, autonomous, free thinking, masters of our own destiny. Like, that's a speech you could come up and give and get an applause line at the DNC. The thing I, the thing I love about it is, you know, this entire, he basically says, my friend's name was Megatron. He had three questions. Like, it, he goes through all this stuff. And again, like you said, what's so fascinating about this is Megatron doesn't know any of this. And I don't believe that he told him this. He does tell him at one point. He says, yeah, I spoke for you. He doesn't see this, though. This is what you need to see. Right. He's like, he's like Megatron, I once stood before the Senate and gave a speech on your behalf. It was about freedom. And while you may have changed, I haven't. I, gave, I give that same speech today. It's just... It it it's just it it's so fucking fascinating because you're like, yo, he really he fought through the Senate to basically speak your cause. He fought for you, and he was your first Decepticon. Yeah, he really was. He was your first Decepticon, <laughs> and what ended up happening is you end up having a four million year war with him that tore your species apart. It broke the galaxy. He literally did, to the point that every I think at one point I think it, I think it's in Chaos Theory they're talking about it and like yo because they're, they're they're trying to discuss what they're going to do with Megatron because like well do we hold him on trial and things like that we need a third party because they're like yeah the rest of the galaxy doesn't see a difference between Auto, Auto, Autobots and Decepticons it's Cybertronians yeah you guys are all the same you guys have literally you know committed so many atrocities and that's the thing the thing I love about the, 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 the these these books are. You know, like, like I said, we've been we've been taught to believe, and this is why I, I, I stand for these books just like, you know, never as hard as Deepon because it's like <laughs> to that level. But like why I highly recommend them for people is they really are about war and how there there are no good sides. Like there are just right. there there's just sadness and victims. Because even the even the most hardcore could you see it? Like you're like you're like Megatron had Megatron goes and does like there's a point where when they first, at one point, it's just uh, it's uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron. They're sitting back and forth because when they're having the conversation, you know, Megatron's first is like, "Well, you got me strung up. We're like at a disadvantage. Like we can't have a real conversation like this." So Optimus is like, "You're right," and takes him down. And they both just sit down and talk. And at one point, they just go back and forth about the battle wounds that they both inflicted on each other, where they literally have destroyed each other. You, you know, trapped me in alt mode for twenty. Years. I yeah. was stuck in gun mode prior. Yeah, I was stuck in gun mode prior. And that's where they both kind of got a laugh. But there was another yeah, point where they were like... the most fucked up thing in the world. Yeah, there was one... I can't remember which one it was. And they they basically got in blood. They were like, they had to reconstruct me off the blast patterns on the wall. <laughs> you know? It's just like, you see the you see the atrocity that they have inflicted on both of themselves. And you're just like... Wow. And then, you, and then again, when we get into the, the record stuff, you'll see like... Both sides, they have done evil, but it's like you can almost always see where it came from. Like with Megatron, you're like, "Yo, this dude is evil," and you hear all these other the other Autobots basically going, "Oh, fuck this, kill him!" Like he's, the things he's done. He's space yeah, he's he is Space Hitler until you go. It's like, yeah, but then you guys did. You guys were wearing an Autobot badge. You did kind of 
beat this man and then protect the guy who beat him. It's like, not saying he's right, but I understand. You know, it's just, oh man, it, it's it's so good. And that's, and that's why I'm really excited to do those solo pods on the uh, origins of the war because they go into all that and how it happened. Yeah. It's just, there are all these digital, digital only comics that IDW did. It was really it, kind of smart. You see uh, DC and Marvel follow suit with their kind of weekly digital offerings like Injustice 2. Yeah. It, 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 it's making me wonder, and you'll know more about this and you can go into this, but it, it, it almost sometimes feels like the like Megatron almost lost the, the, the taste for the revenge because it's like he this wasn't the this wasn't the original goal. Like his right. original goal was to yes, overthrow those in power, but with an idea. Not with a battle that rips their people apart. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, when he's having the conversation with an impact or even tells him it's like, no, 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 that will basically destroy our people. We don't want that. Hmm. And that's exactly well, it's, it's something that Megatron ends up saying to World in more than meets the eye. He says, You taught me that day. Yeah. You taught me that word without action is not convicted. There's no conviction behind it. Mm-hmm. You have to act on your convictions. Mm-hmm. And that's why and that's why he tells World that you think that you stayed alive for four million years because you're that good of a fighter. Everyone knew that you were not to be killed. You've never fought a fair fight in your life. <laughs> Which is the most fucking thing you say to someone who loves a Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right, that is such a fucked up like. Like I, I want you to remember, Megatron is not only a crewmate, but he's the co-captain of the ship at this point, wearing an Autobot brand and being like, "By the way, mm-hmm. you never fought a fair fight, you dickhead." Right. <laughs> yeah, you made there was a basic order out saying, "You shall not be killed." Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so good, so good, so good. He, but yeah, man, I just. I, I just found the whole the, 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 so those two issues and, and if you get the trade it's a little bit more than that it kind of gives you the setup for um uh how uh, Hot Rod became Rodimus and him get bringing back the the Matrix and things yeah, like that. Remember the end of the Transformers series, which as uh, Charles and I covered on the IDW Primer, it's it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't read it per se, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the real meat is when you get to the Chaos Theory. Though. That that's when it right. really changes. You're like, oh, okay. I'm getting it now. I see, I, I see what the the real point of this is, and and it, and it's serious. And you're just like, damn, this fucked up. You know, it's That's all you can say. Yeah, it's um, and then you know, you have Optimus basically, and, and it's it's so funny to me because, and and Optimus basically tells you know, as he ends basically asking, Megatron's like, what do you well, what do you want, you know. Do you, I'll give you the choice. I'll give you just what we were here for. I'll give you a choice. Do you want to be in prison for life or do you want death? And Megatron's like, death? <laughs> you know? It's like Megatron is just but at this point. They, yeah. they even take it forward. Like if he, like we were talking about Dark Cybertron Psycho, where Megatron says, at his, or excuse me, during the trial, Megatron's like, at some point, I remember that conversation. And I and the answers I gave you weren't as, or I don't know if they were my real answers. I just knew I wanted to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's it's something I never thought I wanted in my Transformers was like feeling feelings for Space Hitler, but like by the end of all these issues, you're like, he just lost his way. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. You 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 kind of you kind of get it. You you're like, oh, yeah. this is what this is what happened. This is what you this is this is kind of what you guys. Oh God, yeah. It just war's hard, yo. 
War is hard. War is, I, it's a very succinct reading of everything about talking about war is hard. Even even down to them kind of like at one point when they have him locked up because some of the Autobots have never seen Megatron up. You know, it's been four million years. Some of them have never seen. I mean, this is a larger than life figure. You know, their their most mortal enemy. They never seen him uh, before, and they look at him and like, why he's so big? Because he had done all this modifications. <laughs> he had all these modifications done. These new body compared to the the, the what he used to be. Yeah, yeah, you also get the running joke about, so on the original Megatron tech specs, they said that he could channel the power of a black hole through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And you see Ratchet be like, I always wanted to ask him about that eye thing. <laughs> right. And then he, it happens again in More Meets the Eye, and then if you read the final arc of More Meets the Eye, it plays a very large part in the culmination of that battle. Yes, yes. And you're like, wait a second, did James Roberts tell a joke from 2011 until 2000, call it, I don't know, 17? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where you're like I, it's one of those examples of why you and I appreciate people giving long runs on books. Yeah, because you can do things like that. Yeah, it, it is truly it truly amazing. Um, anything else about chaos there before we move on to uh, no, last? Let's get into the muck. Let's get into the dirt. Yeah. So last end of the wreckers. Um, do you want to kind of give a I guess a brief overview of the wreckers and things like that? Before sure. We okay. So the Wreckers are a, or think of them almost as Autobot special operations. They've kind of been reached a historical status in inside and outside of the mythos. So inside the mythos, we'll talk about that in a reference, but outside, let's just talk about who the Wreckers were. They originated in the Transformers UK series. So there comes a point of divergence where Transformers stories were torn either in the United States or over in England, and they had different divergent stories. Um, <clears throat> The Wreckers were introduced kind of as the ultimate mop-up crew. The, uh, during the Transformers Generation 1 comics, they immediately emerged in the, I want to say they were uh, Zimrat Derant's uh, special unit. The original group was Impactor, Roadbuster, World, Twin Twist, Topspin, and Rack and Ruin. Broadsides, Fanstorm, and Springer would later on join. And they were just kind of like, they were the, the, they were the ones that were brought in to do all the dirty work for the, for the Autobots in this era. And they were kind of uh, the ones who tried to bring down Galvatron. And often you would have them die to show kind of how dangerous the mission really was. Uh, there are a lot of references in the UK feature timelines of them. Ultra Magnus is always usually tied to them. But in the mythos that we're talking about, in the IDW-verse, they've kind of been untouched. It kind of, before this series, it was kind of like, hey, did you hear that guy was a wrecker? Oh, shit. Like, you get those moments. Mm-hmm. But you never get you get like pieces of world backstory like he was given the veto and he had something kicked out of the records. Like, what's the veto? Like one of the records. And they kind of played on the fact that a lot of the mythos is spoilers, not brand new. But if you didn't know what the records were, they were just building up in, in kind of in story. Yeah. So since the or excuse me, um last stand of the records opens with everything opens three years earlier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of explained to you in story that Garris 9 is the uh, Autobots highest level detention facility. And Overlord comes to stop the siege. And if you've never heard of Overlord, you're fine. It's fine. It was a late issue 1987 Transformer release. I don't think he ever made television airwaves in America. In Japan, he was a very big deal. But he was kind of under investigated going into this story. Yeah, yeah. I think I read it was like he had maybe like one background appearance or something like that. So it's like... it's kind of funny, and I should say this up front, it kind of applies to Chaos Theory as well. 
these they're not as dense as more than MCI, but you might find yourself a little confused thinking, man, I need to go and find more of this backstory. Just hold off. Read the whole thing first. Cause I've I found that as somebody who's coming in a lot of times brand new on some of this stuff, I find myself getting the answers I need later on in the story. Like they do a very good job of finding ways to tell you what you need to know. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times if you think you're missing something, it's done on purpose. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that was a great. That's, that's a perfect because we get to see in the flashbacks interspliced throughout the first issue, kind of how Garrus Nine fell and what happened with Overlord. So apparently, when uh, Overlord took over, Megatron says, oh, "Excuse me, this is after that." Excuse me. Earlier happened. Megatron was to- told his biggest weapons, what they call the Phase Sixers, when they come and raise the planet, we're going to go to new protocol. Then you're going to Phase Sixers. You're going to cap things off. And Overlord says, what if we don't want to? <laughs> but if I aspire more, is it be a higher gun for Megatron? And Megatron says, you have two options. Option one, you do what I say. Option two, you don't. Oh, but with option two, I change, I punch you down, rip you limb from limb. Overlord leaves the communications device, stops fighting the records he's fighting, decides to leave and says, to cup, tell Megatron to choose an option two, flies to Garrus 9 and takes it over, and basically turns it into his own private hellhole uh, torture planet for his own entertainment for three years. It, it, it cannot be understated. He was in the <laughs> middle. He was in the middle of literally wiping the floor with this garrison of Autobots. Basically, he takes a call in the middle of the slaughter. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's myself. I'll be right back. <laughs> right, 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 right. Hey, hey, don't bleed all over the floor while I'm gone, okay? I'll be right back. Takes a call from Megatron. Megatron says, all right, cool. This is what you guys are going to do. Top what you're going to do. You're going to leave there. You're going to do this. Basically says, ah, nah, you know what? I, I don't feel like it. Well, if you do, I'm going to teach you down. It's like, good luck with that. And then comes back and tells the people who are slaughtering, good news, you're going to live. Just tell Megatron. <laughs> Bonus points, you all get to live. Right. Because I'm done. Right. After I slaughtered half your people and left you all maimed, tell Megatron to come find me. Congrats on winning the lottery. Right. Right. It, but I think it goes because Overlord shows up in, in more than MCI as well, and it just goes to show you how much of a sociopath <laughs> Overlord is, and why people are literally frustrated. Like he shows up at Garrus Nine, there's a siege going on, and the Autobots are holding him off. He shows up, and I can't remember who the Decepticon is leading the siege. Oh, I know exactly who it is. His name is Skyquake, and he he basically says, "Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm in charge. You can't." You're gonna follow my orders. It's like, no, I can't. I can't do that. And turn to walk away, and Overlord blows his brains out. He's like, all right, he was in charge. I'm in charge. Probably shouldn't have tried to take charge for me. Right. Now, what are we gonna do? <laughs> right. Yeah, it turns the other ones like, anybody else have any problems with me taking charge? <laughs> no, no. The answer's gotta be no. <laughs> There's um, no other option. Yeah, and then like you said, he literally turns Garrus nine for three years into his own personal. Hellhole. And we covered this on more than inside. I really, and I'm glad we got pieces of it. But I'm glad you got to read this because you can see exactly why Fortress Maximus had such PTSD about Overlord. Yeah, it, it he used Fortress Maximus as a lock pick. To oh, even, even before that, he throws him to the crowd and says, "Here you go. Now Garrus Nine is the place we play. Your first game. Try not to kill a Fortress Maximus." Yeah, yeah. He throws him to the crowd, and you're like, "Oh, so all this has happened. He's taken up his planet. He's been there for three fucking years Make which it comes up again more than CI because yeah. let's just say right now Prowl's kind of a prick 
Well, we'll get to that in terms of the record, but Prowl <laughs> is. Whew, yeah, we'll deal with Prowl. We'll deal. We'll deal with Prowl in a minute. We'll deal with Prowl. So a new team of records is commissioned. They've got some old faces, some new faces, and you're introduced to four new Autobots who. They don't wear red shirts, but <laughs> close enough. I mean, woo. is I think Guzzle isn't Guzzle the only one that lives. Guzzle's the only new one that lives for now, and then he. Okay, we'll get to that later on. But... We'll get to Guzzle, <laughs> right? But yeah, it, it's crazy because you get to see these four new Autobots joining the Wreckers, and you get to see the varying degrees to which they understand what's actually going to happen. All four of them seem very excited, and Springer and Cup are like, I'm really sorry to bring these teams together and always get people killed. Oh, well, I'm right on the ship. Right, uh, right, right, right. Uh, and, you find, <laughs> and you find that they're operating on orders of Ultra Magnus, and that finally, just finally, they decided to handle the situation on Garrus 9. And as they approach Garrus 9 and they're building this battle plan, they see the Septicon Cruiser explode, and out pops the ex Wreckers leader, Impactor, who becomes a major fucking problem for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing about, the thing I like about, you know, the, the, when you bring these new records in, it kind of is like new recruits. I mean, like I said, this, this book, these books are so human. These are like new recruits mm-hmm. coming into the army, going to the war for the first time. Oh yeah. It's gonna be fun. We're going to kill us some, you know, we're going to kill us some, some, some enemy. We're going to kill us some ISIS. We're going to do all this stuff. Well, not, and then well, not, even, not even join the army, but immediately being put on SEAL team six. Right. Exactly. Like you're, you're a legend by association. Yeah. And you think that that's what you're there for, like um, wh- who was it? It was um, was it? Is it is is it Pyro? Yeah, Pyro. Isn't Pyro the one that has this? This he has his idea of what how he wants to die, going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, you're thinking about this completely. Like every, I need I need to find my motto. Yeah, yeah. Everybody but Iron Fist. Iron Fist kind of gets it, but even then, he. The whole time. Yeah, he, yeah. Not only is he dying, but he also has done, you know, the history on the record. So he kind of knows. But then even he doesn't really know what the records have actually done, like the sins of the records. He doesn't understand what they've done until later on. Um, and it's basically like, yeah, war is dirty, guys. Like this is not fun. Like they, you're going to some of you are not going to make it, and you, it's not going to be pretty. And and the captions once they finally make planet fall on Garrus Nine. The captions kind of capture this. It's like, you know, rule one of the record, always be brave. And you see them acting exact in exact contravention of these rules. Oh, that yeah. Iron Fist is so held so dear. Like, don't use anything that, that's outlawed weapons. And like you see because of like these cerebral seeking brain bullets. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's all the all these rules, every single one of them gets broken in the immediate time. Stick together. We gotta split apart, guys. <laughs> you know, you it's know. Just like <laughs> Like he's dead. Keep moving. <laughs> right. It was like it was immediately. Um, I, I love the moment like when they get down there and so they get down to this planet and some of them in because there's also uh what was it Verity? She they got one human with them and they put her in um into one of the exo suits. Uh, her team, her and the rest of that team get get dropped off like right there, like at the footsteps, the the, the foot of Overlord. So they're facing Overlord off the break, right? And it does not go well. But I love that yeah. moment where Rotorstorm is basically like, you know, we're going to face... And, and, like, Overlord's upset because he's like, oh, man, I thought that Megatron would have sent, like, some some real fighters. I got to fight these records instead. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. Whatever. Let's get this over real quick. And, and Rotorstorm was like, 
Wreckers combine. And, and he's like, well, it was funny in my head. And Overlord starts laughing too because it's like, they can't combine. It's just fucking ridiculous. And so everybody starts laughing and you think it's funny. And then Overlord shoots him in the fucking face. What happens? Overlord's crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this. Then at one point you find the body. Well, who was the body they found? Was it? Oh, I can't remember the body they found of somebody who was the champ. Because he had, at one point he started fights. He started oh, these, yeah, yeah. He started these <laughs> fights where he had you had to fight to the death, right? And at one point, I think that as an issue one, Kickoff is fighting to fighting the Decepticon to the death. He's an, and Kickoff's an Autobot. And, yeah. And he's almost about to kill him. He, he, he's got the he got the Decepticon almost dead. And Decepticon's like, "Stop, stop! You're an Autobot. You don't do this." Like, I don't know. That doesn't matter here. What like, does that mean in here, man? You're set off. Another funny part about that one is that uh, Kickoff when he's fighting says, "Oh, because the the guy the Decepticon tries to trans, transform and Kickoff yells, alt mode is for whips.' Right. And uh, if anyone ever collected Transformers, Kickoff was an action master, one of the Transformers that couldn't transform. Yeah. <laughs> um and so he he's like, he's the pit champion. I think he won like 12 11 in a row. Yeah, it was, it was, you win 12 in a row, you get your you get to ask for your freedom. You get to ask for your freedom, and, but, you, but yeah, and 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 um Overlord gives you two choices. And they, they don't tell you what the two choices were until cuz they don't know. They just find the body and they don't know what the two choices the, the person they're talking doesn't know what the two choices were. You later on find out what the two choices were and it's you either fight Overlord or you commit suicide. And somebody basically goes, <laughs> what's the difference? Which is just suicide with more letters. Right. <laughs> it's just good. Like, like Overlord is such a terrifying. Like, this is why when, when you get to more, like, this made me realize. I, I'm not going to go back and read more to me CI again. Because now it makes you go, oh, this is why everybody was so fucking frightening of this guy. Like, Yo, that's what's terrifying. Like, Andronimus rolls up and he yells, Drift, Ratchet, Overlord. He says, you speak entirely in names. Yeah. And you see, like, why Overlord was that calm dealing with all of them. Mm-hmm. It's, he was never in danger. Because yeah. the thing when he says, Ultra Magnus, this is why you laugh. He says, because you've been trying as hard as you can. Ultra Magnus, you've been doing everything you can. You haven't held back a bit. And I have. And stabs him in the chest. Right. It just... <laughs> it, it is... Because one of the things when, like... The thing I love about Last Hand on the Wreckers is, and and having read more than ECI first is, you've heard the stories, mm-hmm. and you hear what people say, but then when you go and read it, you're like, oh, you guys undersold it almost. Because <laughs> well, how do you sell it properly? Because when people say, oh yeah, Fortress Maximus has PTSD from what Overlord did to him, and then you see it, and you're like, wait a second, like for a ye- for three years. Years. He was allowed to basically to the point of like you also get like they they were trying to find Grimlock and they were like oh no no uh basically Overlord showed Grimlock what he did and that he was helpless to stop him and and Grimlock just ran like yo so you haven't been reading Lost Light they finally tell you what happened <sighs> it's 2018 this book came out in 2010 fuck you James Roberts who was by the way a co-writer on this yeah I I just. I got I, Lost Light is my next thing. I'm, I'm gonna catch up. And do that. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, me. it's just again, this it, is a trauma book. So you got all this stuff going on. Yep. They're trying to take take it down, but then you find out the real mission of the wreckers here, which wasn't really to take yeah. back Garrus Nine and rescue people. Because one, you know, 
it, it, I, I, I read. I was reading some of the behind the scenes, the, the, the behind the, uh, the, the, you know, at, I think it's on the wiki. They, they were talking about this. They were like how there's one scene in three where you show they show you the survivors, the the Autobot survivors, and they do that same scene later on when you find out that uh, Overlord had already had them all killed. As soon as they, as soon as they hit the place, kill everyone. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, I had them all killed. Um, but you find out the real reason why Prowl sent these people, and it's because they're trying to get what's it, uh, uh, Aquitus? Aquitus? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically a machine that can judge guilt and it's a culpability. Drive. It would determine, culpability, exactly. It would it would determine war crimes committed by Autobots. Uh, it's it's a lot of foreshadowing in the background scene they give you in the one scene there, but yeah, and some they've got to find a way to, to open this door to get to this machine. And then you find out just how close the top spin and twin twists are. Yeah. And yeah, that was bad too. I, I, it's so funny because there's a line that keeps getting repeated that you think war is explosions and glory. It's really just ordinary people dying in horrible ways. Yeah. Uh, top, uh, uh, twin twist and, uh, twin, twin t- twist and top spin. <laughs> uh, they basically share a connection where they can kind of feel each other. Like like when one turns into alt mode, they can kind of feel they 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 share this connection. It's like one and I can't remember how many they say it. It's a very it's called, rare. It's, called a, it's like it's like twins. They yeah. call it a branch spark. Right, and um, one of them, I think it's uh, was it twin twin twist gets twin twist is being tortured. Yeah, and Topson feels yeah, it. and so they need someone to sacrifice themselves to open this door to unlock the. Uh, it has to be voluntarily given. What again shows you because again. It, Lead him to again how terrible Prowl is. This is a device that can, because again, showing you that all it's not all just Decepticons being evil and bad. There's also some. Right. There's also a lot of sins of Autobots, right? And they're like, "Yo, this cannot get out. The Decepticons cannot create that. Cannot use this. Oh, respark the war. You know, right. people see all the horrible things we did, all the horrible things some of the wreckers did. Like you guys, we can't, we can't have this out there." So they basically lock it to the point that you have to willingly give your spark. You have to willingly commit suicide to even unlock the thing. <laughs> Come on. And so they had this big ass uh, argument over who who should who should who should do who should. Which is so wild one. because you describe this as a war comic, but now it's a it's a this issue issue four is literally having to debate over who's going to kill themselves for this. Yeah. You know, you have because they're supposed to come down to Pyro and, and Iron Fist, um, and um, you know, uh, uh, Verity's like trying to stick up for Iron Fist. Like, no, he shouldn't die because Pyro's basically chicken. I was like, no, no, I, I, I'm supposed to. I die. Larry Prime goes out, guns blazing, innocence being saved behind me. That's how I die. He's even copied Prime's look because sometimes I was like, well, why is Optimus Prime Which, here? Any of the uh, profiles in the back? No, I didn't. I should have. So they have wrong, right? Like psychological profiles, and one of them shows that Pyro is suffering from I think it's primal asbestos, where you want to be prime so bad you start taking on like you start talking like him and trying to take on his characteristics, mm. and the delusion of grandeur of death also occurs. Ah, well, there you guys have it. Like that's one of the things about the, the addenda parts that's in I think uh, some of the individual issues and in the trade and some of the trade. Yeah, is that you get to see that these people are these are broken people. Oh, they're all they broken because they're broken. They're all broken. Because another thing that's in the back of this whole thing is um, Impactor was at Garrus 9. He had been arrested yeah. by Springer because he had he had done something. Nobody knows what exactly, nobody knows the exact details of what happened. And so 
when Iron Iron Fist, uh, no Daniel Rand, is uh, telling um, Verity the story about what happened. He's like, he gives a story about what it means to be a wrecker, and he tells his this great story about Impactor taking on what were uh, what was they what were they Squadron called Squadron X Squadron X is, is basically another basically the 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 Decepticon version of the Wreckers but but more war crimey I guess in a way possibly maybe depending on because you know Wreckers do war crime too anyway um and it's a story about how the Wreckers like one he uh. Him, they tell the story of sacrifice and and how the records work together. And tell the story about how uh, Impactor and, and Springer agreed that the only way to 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 stop the uh, to shoot the, the the Squadron X coming in was for for Impactor to shoot through Springer. And Springer agreed to it and said, "It's okay, my dampeners will will wink so it won't hurt." And 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 and, and Impactor didn't want to do it, but but agreed to. And then. Uh, after they had captured him, the, the the Squadron X got away, and Impactor had to go in and stop them from killing more people. And that's the story he tells, right? That's the story he, as he knows it. That's the story that's on the record. That's, that's the story he knows. That's the story he knows. That's the story of record again. Iron Fist. He is the basically the he's the the historian of the record. He knows he wasn't a record before this, but he knew he wrote he wrote the he wrote he basically wrote the the historical con the historical book on the records, right? So after so Topspin decides to donate his part because Twin Twist is getting getting tortured. He just can't take it right. anymore. And then they plug Iron Fist in to uh the computer to download the stuff. And that's when and then they have this decision to to, to make about well how can we cuz they they're also under this this fire cuz they have a bunch of Decepticons coming in trying to break in and and kill them all. And so they come down with the decision of well, how are we going to stop them? Well, we can turn the, the the turn chips on inside of them and kill everybody. But the the <laughs> problem with that is one of their own has a deterrence chip because Impactor was a prisoner there. He would also die. So because they decided to take a vote on what, what should we do? And Iron Fist says yes. And they can't figure out why. And it's because he now knows the truth of what happened <laughs> with Squadron X. And I love the way that because I, I was even reading about how they did it. I love how they when they told the original story, it was done like like a hero's way. It's, it's so pristine, it's so clean. Nobody has any blood. There's no injuries. It's done in the sun. It's done nice. When they tell the real story, it's like blood guts. <laughs> it's dark. It's raining. First, Impactor shooting through Springer. Springer did not have a dampener on and was saying, "Don't do it." Impactor did it anyway. So. There's that. Luckily, he didn't kill him. Two, I think it's Prowl, or somebody tells them that the yeah, Prowl calls in and says, "Gotta let him go. That's that that planet is exempt from our war. They've signed a treaty. You cannot arrest them there." Yeah, and and on top of that, apparently, and I didn't know this. Maybe you know, um, but there was another another book somewhere else that kind of went into that. Squadron X wasn't even there to like fight. They were there to refuel. Right. So, and the Wreckers actually started the fight. Exactly. You know, and so there's that, and Impactor's like, "Fuck that!" Like, if we let them go, and again, not saying he's wrong. He not has, saying he's right. Not saying he's right. Not saying he's wrong. Just giving someone the facts. They probably would have gone on to slaughter more people. Yes. Impactor takes his gun, and much to the you know. 
The only person that actually tried to, you know, say something to stop him is Springer. Everybody else kind of just looks away. He goes and as Squadron X is literally tied up, hand they're they're in cuffs, their their hands are behind their back, they are defeated, broken. He goes and shoots them in the head, all of them. He literally commits a war crime. He slaughters prisoners. And that's why Springer turns him in. That's why he goes to Garrus 9. That's why he gets sit there. That's why he's no longer an impact. That's why he's no longer a wrecker. And Iron Fist sees all this stuff. And it's like, to Iron Fist, it's like, everything I know is a lie. Yeah, these people are worship. They're, they're worse than the people they hunted. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Uh, they end up not doing the the dam- uh, doing the deterrence ship because uh, Pyro decides to get his head off his own ass and decides to stay back and 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 quote unquote die a glorious death. It's not glorious. <laughs> it's like yeah, don't look back. Yeah, uh, don't look yeah, back. Yeah. He'll he'll hold them off. How long do you think he can hold them off? Is like yeah, no. He doesn't even go yeah, out like a, yeah. No. Stop asking questions. Keep moving. <laughs> right. But it was so fucked up because you're like, oh yeah, okay, good. He's gonna he's gonna get that glorious death. He's gonna he's gonna take he's gonna take them on. He's gonna stand. Oh, oh no, he's not. He's oh, or, these are, or he's going to turn apart limb from limb. Yeah, yeah. By these, uh, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Very quickly. Um, and I love the turn the book makes in five at the beginning of five because you're right. It goes from being a story about liberating this planet to what are we fighting for? Yeah. What are the records? Yeah. Are we fighting and just to five. keep? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we fighting just to keep the secrets of what? Our leadership, the Autobots have done. Like we're basically doing the same thing that the Decepticons are doing, right? You know, it eventually comes down to they're just fighting to stop uh, Overlord because he's just an evil son of a bitch and needs to be stopped. But um, which is true, yes. And um, but God, the way it the way it goes down. I mean, it ends with okay, they they beat Overlord and, and Impactor decides not to kill Overlord. He he was going to, but he was like Springer wouldn't want me to. Yo, after Overlord rips Springer's face off. Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. Let's be real. Like Springer, Springer, Springer gets his ass whipped. And Iron Fist detonates the deterrent strips inside of uh, Overlord. But he only gives up, really, when Verity tells him Megatron's dead, yo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what does it. Because you find out the entire time with everything that Overlord is doing, it's so funny. It's, he's literally like a child trying to get the attention of his father. He's just acting out to try to get Megatron to find out. And he, she's like, yo, Megatron, Megatron basically died not even giving a shit about what you're doing. Not even knowing you existed anymore. That's why you didn't come. You weren't important enough. And that's, that's the only thing that basically, that's, that is the Achilles heel. <laughs> he owes me. He owes me. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The packet doesn't kill him. So it ends, you hear four records are dead. Springer and Fortress Max on life support. Um, uh, Impactor and Guzzle leave. Iron Fist dies of a... Huh? Impactor got a pardon. Yeah, Impactor got a pardon. Um, Iron Fist dies from an aneurysm. Uh, And Prowl gets... It's not aneurysm. So this is... Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He... In one of the backup stories, you get like the full Iron Fist backstory. But through a series of misadventures, his best friend had fired a cerebro-seeking shell towards his brain. That had been outlawed. So the entire time, this entire thing 
was Prowl's mission for Iron is like, you're going to die. Right. Don't you want to be a wrecker first? It's, but of course, it's probably a manipulative prick. It's such, it, you're right. It's probably a manipulative prick because you're like, well, you're going to die anyway. In order to get the information off of this computer, we need somebody to willingly give up their spark. Well, he's going to die anyway. So if you, t- so this, this, this is basically Prowl's way. Cause again, when we get to the sin, you'll see Prowl has so many sins. Like, like I know you kind of laugh, like when I'm joking that Prowl's a prick. I think you've got a better, bigger picture of it now. Well, I think you undersold it saying he's a prick. <laughs> like, he's not a prick. Like, I, I think a prick is like, oh, okay, well, you're kind of a dick. Like, you know, all right. Like, you know, like Rodimus, Rodimus can be a prick sometimes, right? <laughs> a prick is annoying. A prick is annoying. Prowl is quite, he's the evil son of a bitch that you're happy is on your side. Kind you're like, you're not even happy. You're like, I'm, you're just happy he's not against you. Right, right. That's all the problem, too, because if he's against you, then it's even worse. All right, right. He's the guy He's the guy you don't want on your uh, Call of Duty team if friendly fire is off. Because, like, <laughs> he's really He'll good. He'll do what he has to do, David. Right, right. Like, you know, it's... So, because this whole thing was, well, you know, somebody has to sacrifice themselves. Well, if Iron Fist goes, he'll be able to die a record. Like, it's the callousness of what he's thinking. Because it also goes to show you that Verity looked at Iron Fist and basically like, no, he shouldn't have to, it shouldn't, he shouldn't, he shouldn't just have to sacrifice himself. And she stood up for him. You know, it's just, it it, it shows you just how, oh, wow. Yeah, Prowl's an idiot. Prowl's a prick. So, but he gets the data, he gets the data chip. And he's talking to Magnus. And they had the conversation about um, whether they should come forward with the culpability and, and the guilt of the Autobots or if they should um, hide it. And Magnus, because he believes too much in the goodness of people, I guess, uh, he thinks, he thinks Prowl would be better if he, he thinks, he thinks better of Prowl than he, than, than that Prowl would destroy the, the disc. And I'm just like, why would you think that? Why would anything about this? Of course Prowl destroyed it. Why wouldn't Prowl destroy it? But, the, but, but of the, course, Barry has a copy. But, but yeah, but that goes back to my whole thing of I think that people, and this is where I think the guilt of the people that work with Prowl comes in at. It's like you knew who you were dealing with. Like when Magnus says it to him, I'm like, you do know he's going to do that, right? He's not going well, to keep it. It's also not the wrong decision. It's, yeah, you're right. Destroying the data slug kind of has to happen, but Magnus says that he can't do it. He knows that Prowl can't. Like, I. You're right. Was it was it wrong? Was it dirty? Was it underhanded? Of course it was. Prowl is probably the biggest villain in the IDW Transformers universe. Yeah, but it had to be done. He's the guy that gets shit done. He's well, and well, we're and we're already getting the sense of the record. We're coming right. Cyclops. He's Cyclops. I would also say he's um uh 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 um what's his name's character from A Few Good Men. It's like yeah, like he kind of. Jack Nicholson's character. It's like, yo, like you need him on that wall. You kind of want him on that wall, and he does the shit that he does the shit that you don't you you want done, but you I don't want done. I feel like you could say this until you read Sins, huh? I feel like you could say this about Prowl until you read Sins of the Records, right? And then you find out that well, even then, you all these fucking lines, right? And then you and then you then well then it's it's the same thing, but he won't do it himself. 
So it's the same thing. It's the same thing, except like you're just making the call to make other people do these things. So, all right. So we're getting to sins now, which follows this up. Um, can you give a little uh, background on what happened between them? Because you get here, and Prowl's kind of fallen out of favor for some people. Yeah, that's to say the least. So Prowl's arc has gone quite left. Uh, he stayed on Earth, on Cybertron when the more than meets the eye crew left, and is an integral part of season one of uh, Robots in the Skies. He ends up being mind controlled by a bombshell and becoming part of Devastator. He breaks free. He still has this amazing upgrade uh, body wise. He can still, he's still friends with the Sharktacom, excuse me. And um, he once Prime comes back to, to Cybertron, he goes to his role of kind of pulling strings behind the uh, behind the scenes. There's this huge combiner wars thing that ties in to the toy line. What you should know from that is it ends with Prime realizing what a prick Prowl has been and putting him in fucking jail finally. <laughs> because he's Prowl, Prowl breaks out and vanishes. And for, I want to say like three or four months of comic book time we didn't know anything we're like oh proud just off the board for now well he comes back on the board during sins of the records yeah who do you find out is verity had kept a a, a copy her iron fist's uh download and was basically so i, I this is what was gonna be was she actually blackmailing prow or was she was that somebody else i think that she wanted prow's attention okay this is the only way to get it. And what you got to remember is that the last page of um, Last Stand of the Wreckers is Verity writing out some more Christian dialogues, but there's an Autobot car in the background. Right. It turned out to be Stakeout, who, if anyone had a MicroMaster as a kid, I had Stakeout, and I, I, I smiled. Yo, the fact that Nick Roach is like, let me find the toys no one writes about. <laughs> Shout out to Nick um, But yeah, it's uh, it opens with kind of Verity trying to Get Prowl's attention, which unfortunately gets Prowl's attention. He comes back to Earth, but immediately vanishes. And the series opens with uh, RC and Cup discovering that uh, Cup got into Prowl's quarters with no knowledge as to how. Right. So <clears throat> it's important. Prowl is really like I say, prick, and it's worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're underselling what Prowl does. Like, and then, cause, cause unless, if you don't undersell it, then you're like, wait, so tell me some details, and then it gets, then you're talking for 20 minutes because <laughs> Prowl's the worst. He's like the so, yeah, he's like the he's like the criminal mastermind, but he's on our side. Like he's is he? He's on a side. Oh yeah. Um, so at a certain point, Cup had become in an early IDW book. Cup had been found brainwashed. Gone driven crazy by minerals on a foreign planet. He'd accidentally killed some fellow Autobots and they couldn't find a way to salvage him. You'll notice that the Pro Cup of Greedy now doesn't have these ailments. That's because Prowl found a way to create a Cup ish character that's kind of more like a pretender shell that runs based on Prowl's desires. But because Prowl did the math and said that I could end the war, but no one listens to me because I don't have the charisma of a Springer or a Cup. So now he has cup as a mouthpiece to help, you know, control things this way. And this is the second time in the mythos, but the first time in the main mythos that we get to see cup take over, uh, cup's body taken over by Prowl via remote control. Because he's a dick. <laughs> Look, I don't know what to tell you. And he's not. You know, I think what gets me about it is he's so unapologetic about it too. He's so unrepentant. He's like, I did what I had to do. Move on. 
Like he takes over Cup because he's he's basically being tortured by uh, another another. We'll get into what, what we'll get into this later on, but. He does. He just. He just. All of a sudden, Cubs are talking like probably like, "What the fuck is happening?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had the ability to take over Cup and and you, look, you guys need to come and find me. I don't know how long I'll be able to do this." Oh, I was like, "Did he just do?" And and like the records are basically like, "Should we save him?" <laughs> like, it becomes a question because you're like, "Yo, what? What's the downside if we don't?" <laughs> you yeah, know. Give me, give me your, give me your problems. What's the problem if we don't do it? And honestly, if if, if uh, what, what what was that team? Was it Mayhem? What is that? Yeah, yeah. If, if the Mayhem team, if they hadn't stolen the cop, Verity's copy of uh the Aquitas uh data, I don't think that they would have gone to save. I don't think they would have gone to save Prowl. Like I don't think they would have gone. I think that was. Well, it. I think that was. I think that was part of the thing is that. Our mystery antagonist wanted this to wanted them there because he wanted to show for how what he could do mm-hmm. with the noise mates. Yeah. Um, also, here you find out a little bit more things like you find that Guzzle's gone through a lot of changes. Guzzle's um, when you're when you're a, a race that can upgrade yourself, some people become addicted to those upgrades. Um, and he's gotten a little murdery as well. Then yeah, again, you know, sometimes they can also drive you crazy. Well, that and also seeing everybody you were with basically die. Because I think, if I'm thinking correctly, Guzzle was the only one of the new wreckers that he's lived. He's the only one of the, the four that made it. And he's the only one who, after everything was over, he left with Impactor. Right. And got to the point that he got so bad, even Impactor was like, bruh. It had to lock him up into a box. <laughs> Springer is still right. out. Springer is still out in a in, in a coma. Um, from from having his face ripped off from from over the yeah. Um, and the, and that's going to be important when we come back later on. So, all right, let's get in. Uh, so let's get more into who the mystery uh, antagonist is of this. You want to cover that? Yeah. So, in the span between Generation One and wherever we are now, there was a computer generated series on television known as the Beast Wars, and everyone loved it. It was critically acclaimed. It, kids loved it. Uh, critics actually liked the smart writing. Transformers fans were like, oh my God, you tied it into the Great War. We love you. Like there's, there are scenes that happen that fit into the original Transformers mythos that people really just enjoy. One of the most interesting characters in that series was a nominal bad guy. Like he was a, the equivalent of the Decepticons, the Predacons. His name was Tarantulas. But he also had always had his own plan. And he said he didn't work for the Predacons, he worked for something called the Tripiticus Council, adding kind of an air of mystery to the character. Well, uh, we hadn't really seen him in the IDW-verse, though we'd seen Transformers with different alt modes and different ways of being with the different colonies that had been discovered through the expansion of the universe. We had not yet seen Tarantulas until now. And when I tell you that a transforming spider is creepy, Chris, can I get a little judgment here? It is in. Very, very fucking creepy. <laughs> a size-changing transforming spider around you. So what we find out is that Prowl has been taken and he's being shown all the things that are happening by this mystery captor who's revealed, like we said, to be tarantulous. And Prowl reveals that he knows him. He doesn't just know him. Like, again, I feel like you're underselling I, What do you want me to say? Like, you want me to say, oh, hey, you get 45 
Evidence to explain that I'd probably be the worst character in fiction. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I will tell you. Just say, he not just knows them, he worked with them. He literally had, Prowl was, I mean, uh, Tarantulas was pro- pretty much Prowl's like Dr. Mangala. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Create me, create me like, something issue. horrible that breaks the Geneva Convention. Give me an hour. Issue two opens with Prowl imagining he's back on Cybertron and the Prime says that your idea was perfect. The Autobots have won. The comp- moral compromises were all worth it. I'm sorry to call him listen. And you realize that he'd been put into a positive reinforcement prison, which was an idea that they had invented together, Trenches and Prowl had it prior, but Prowl vetoed saying that it was too nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't tell you, man. Yeah. Prowl's, a, Prowl's a problem. Um, and, and it's just, what, what goes on from here is basically Tarantulas, basically he has the, 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 he, he, he's not even, his goal isn't even to release the, cause and the thing about Prowl is he stays calm throughout this entire thing. He's basically sees all this. He's just like, what, what do you want? What, what is your point? Like, what, what are you, what do you want? You're not, you don't want to re release the, the cult, the, the the guilt data. You don't want that. You're not you're, like blackmail beneath you. That's not what you're trying to do. So what are you act like? What are you actually after? And Trans basically admits it's like yeah, we were good together. We did a lot. We want. Yeah. I want to get the. I want to get the band back together. Band back together. The band back together. Let's do this. And and Prowl's like no we no basically Prowl's like Prowl's like that. Prowl's like no 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 we we can't do that. That would be. Bad, I think. Yo, Prowl is the ex junkie who thinks he's clean, right? He's like, no, I can't. We we shouldn't. Maybe, but no. <laughs> right. Show me, show me some of the stuff you got, though. Let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Let me see your notes. Let me see your notes. Let me see your notes. That's what I'm talking about. Because because one of the things Tarantula has done is he's 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 given the, the this Mayhem group the ability to be able to transform basically into living creatures without looking like they're Cybertronian. Or you can't have any detect kind of... Cybertronian at all. Right. You can't detect him. So like at one because at one point you're like Verity's running from a polar bear. Uh there's a bunny <laughs> rabbit. Like there's, there's a giant a it's a giant fucking like Tarantula's base is a giant fucking whale that turns out to be uh a Cybertronian that can turn into a what, what was that what was he called again? Because he was just big tidal wave. Tidal, just tidal wave dumb. Just big and dumb. Big and dumb and angry. All right. Oh God. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's, and what you get here is you get this entire thing of where it's called sins of the records, but it really should be called sins of prowl because But the thing is the prowl started the records and it's impact your sin too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, it's a sins of, but this all started because of prowl and impactor. Oh yeah. Talk about even hubcap. Yeah, because this is the sense of the records. Because it's it's mentioned obliquely in uh, last stand of the records. It's mentioned in some of the ongoings. They say it's the Roadbuster affair. Like, what the hell is this? What is the Roadbuster affair? What is that? What did Roadbuster do to get so fucking maligned? Mm-hmm. And they finally tell us. Yeah, and it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Wait, that was that the one where he was yeah, like was beating up, like, almost killing uh, uh, cadets. No, he murdered the cadets. Yeah, the one who lived was Hubcap. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was he sacrificing was. them to Mortillus because he thought because Tarantulas was talking to him in his ear. Yeah, it was just yeah, yeah that that moment where he basically shows because one of the things he just shows um, 
Prowl is his ability to have them relive their guilt. It's a, it's supposed to be a guilt calculation computer. It's a guilt extraction computer called yeah. Impetus. Yeah, he's like, oh no, this is this is next evolution. You have all these people. You have all the these records. They're basically all reliving all that new shit. Right, Prowl. right. Reliving their 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 guilt and pulling the guilt out, and you're hearing all this. And you're like, fuck. But then you also he, you also get the information of like this is where he comes impact or stuff comes in at for the longest time Tarantulas thought that Prowl was the one that pushed him into the noise maze mm-hmm. because at one point it's just like yo like, you've gotten too big you've got, you're doing too much evil stuff you've Prowl basically like Prowl basically saw Tarantulas for being in 30 years it's like okay this is too much stuff and Prowl had also created this what was the name of the uh, Asterios had created this this other living uh, like uh, an experiment they built a oh, tribertronian and with an artificial spark and, and it was wonderful and you see prowl in the radiation suit or you see someone in the radiation suit they, they show it as proud but also when they show it as proud they never show the character's right hand mm-hmm. which is kind of depth writing and that's one of the cool things about both this and uh last stand is that they were written and drawn by the same person nick roach yeah. did both and you can tell and you so, can really tell because even like the scene with and and, and um you're right because like you said those you see they they, they shade the story that Prowl pushed him in but if you think about it that's never been Prowl yeah and everyone has a reason for hating Prowl Hubcap hates Prowl because after the Roadbuster affair and after Hubcap was the last uh, cadet alive Prowl had Roadbuster released as a favor to Impact to repay what he had done for him against. Tarantulas. Yeah. It's all their fault. Yeah. Every bit of this. Yeah. And like you said, Prowl never really gets his own hands dirty. And so he He's had Pr- so he had Prowl push Tarantulas in to the noise maze. And then that Prowl was is, like yeah. and, then, and Prowl was basically like, he was like, Can you also kill this, like destroy this um not living, living, breathing, like artificial cybertronian we created? And that was the line Impact Drew was like, No, if you want that done, you gotta do it yourself. And that's when Tarantulas also fi- figures out. It's like, wait, you don't get your hands dirty. You never would have killed him. So where is basically my son? And that's after he um tries to he kills Roadbuster by shrinking down, getting inside his brain, and then reenlarging. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you haven't seen weird. You've seen a cybernetic spider jump out of another cybernetic bus, uh, being's body. Yeah. And again, um, transforming uh, Tarantula. Fucking frightening. It's terrifying. He can change size. Yeah. Terrifying. But we get the five and we get some answers because mm-hmm. the story all opens with the, the idea that Springer's still unconscious and there's no way to get him back. But it, by hearing that Prowl's in danger, Springer comes out of his coma. Mm-hmm. And he kind of leads this fight, these five issues, and a little reluctant working alongside Impactor again, but he does what he has to do. He's a great soldier. And we learned that Prowl couldn't kill Osteros. But what he could do is fictionalize his background. What he could do is give him a purpose. And what he could do is make him an Autobot. And alongside Cup, he trains and learns and eventually drafts to the Wreckers. And his name is Springer. And when you tell when I tell you that this story goes from like being a cyber training story about war and crime to a story about two fathers and their son. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with the touch with the turn of a pin. It they even got Jeff Senior to come do and draw. I oh, see that's in the next one, but like the stuff that they do here, like it's just wow. Yeah, the idea that Spring was willing to die. He said, "I'm not leaving." Yeah, you stop hearing me give the record rule. You blow this motherfucker. I love how they did that too, because it's between him and Impactor. And they have this discussion. And so the impact will be in somewhere else having the conversation. And every now and then he'll just be saying, you'll just hear him say wreck, you know? And, <laughs> and it's, just, it's, it's the way they do it is just, it's fantastic writing. It's fantastic drawing. I love how they did that shit. And, um, you know, Tarantulas goes down to confront Springer, but they're in there in the, wherever they're at. It's, they, they cannot like this time is slowed down. They can't hear each other. So Trance is basically going down to confront his son, but Springer doesn't know. And they're not talking to each other because of the and and impacted because he's he's not hearing the call and re, the response anymore blows the yeah. the place up. Um but in the one I guess the one good thing Prowl does, he does go back to say Springer. Yeah. That's the one I, I can say that's the one thing. That's his son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even then, like, it's like, like there's joke, like, like that's that's him and and Francis's son. Mm-hmm. Seriously, time passes. Oh, excuse me, Sirius doesn't end yet because Guzzle, who's been crazy for four issues, might be right. So at the end of the series, he puts the back of his gun in the back of the head of Cuff and Proud. Prowl, he said, your list of what you've done wrong is so fucking long, we ain't got that kind of time. But it goes back to the first appearance of Cuff in the IDW-verse. I, I, I still can't believe that they're getting they're getting blood from the stone on this one. But he said, you killed my friends on that planet. They came to save you, Cuff. You never paid for it. Mm-hmm. And Impactor puts his harpoon through a guzzle's head before he yep. can pull the trigger. Man. Mm-hmm. Time passes. Uh, Autobots are rejoined on Earth by Cuff and RC. Prowl is done with them, clearly. Impactor has joined Mayhem to bring down those who would keep these secrets, who used people like the records as pawns. Autobots or Decepticons. Exactly. Uh, nominally, we'll see. Right. And Variant Springer left uh, looking at the Northern Lights. She's finally healthy because... The radiation she'd been exposed to in space was cured by tarantulas. Yeah. And did you see the last panel of the book? I think, which one was this? The one with us, person on Springer? Yeah. In the wheel well? Did you look at the wheel well? No. Tarant- spider hanging from it. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, though, because you say Springer and tarantulas can. Sideshake. Right. So there's a spider hanging from her wheel. So on May 30th, Requiem for the Records dropped. Um, I don't. How do you want to? Do you want me to talk about it, or do you want to read it? You know what? Let's save that. I want to read that. If, it, if it's recent, it. it's one issue. It's a 40 pager. All right, cool. Yeah, let's save that. I'll read that later on. I'll read that on my own. Absolutely. So that, was, like I said, I, I I highly recommend. We skipped over a lot of stuff, but we still covered a lot. That's how dense yeah. this stuff is. But it's such a great read, and I really think that I know people are going, "Oh, I don't know about Transformers. I don't care about Transformers." But I really think that when you th- if you if you like stories about people and just here's what this is like. I think the reason why 
the um, Transformer books are such a dense read because they're so dialogue heavy. And we talked about this with the um, with more than ECI. Mm-hmm. It's so much dialogue, and you, it, there's a lot of going back. You almost got to do research. Um, it is a little bit hard sometimes. You need to do research. I, no, I'm talking about like when I say research, I mean you got to do the research between you find out a story and you're like, this is what happened, and they'll tell you, but you kind of want to go back and be like, no, what mm-hmm. actually happened. You know, like I said, it's one thing when you're reading more than ECI and you hear about <laughs> Garrus Nine and Overlord and you know what happened with the last end of the records. And the, when you actually go and see it, though, you're like, oh, I get it now. I see why everybody's fucked up. So, yeah, man. Um, so, uh, boy, so that's it. That's uh, some Transformer stuff. We did uh, Chaos Theory. Last hand on the records and sentence of the records. Um, like I said, I highly recommend it. We talk about Deep Home talks about this all the time. I'm here to also co-sign. It's definitely worth reading and checking out. I believe the IDW sale is still going on right now. It's the end of July. End of July. So you can get these. I want to say they're, they're, you can get them really cheap. Really so, cheap. Really, really cheap. I highly recommend going and find these books and get them. You can get the trades. Um, and it's not just the single issue. The trades are on sale too. Uh, go get these and read them. I know I'm probably going to go ahead and get uh, some more stuff and start reading them. Um, I'm thinking we're going to do uh, Lost Light. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that next month. Start doing that next month. We'll do that as a comic book club on the premium feed. Whatever you want. You let me know, man. I'm, I'm clearly here for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that as a premium show. I'm trying to think of uh, what we're going to do for um, for going back into character corners. We, I think we have two choices. Let me see. I can look my thing. So, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a long podcast probably beginning of next week a solo show but I'm gonna go through the the trilogy of the digital comics if you want to okay. include that in one of the character corners okay cool we can throw that up there, up there. um so let's give like I'm thinking August we'll do Shield and Secret Warriors Excellent. um July because July is also San Diego Comic Con so I want to keep you want to just do Hickman's Fantastic Four run because you know what the, because you know what oh what you call it the uh, Aren't they back in July? I think it's July or August. I can't remember though. But yeah, Dan Slot's uh, Fantastic Four one kicks off very soon. So that's what we'll do. We'll, so we'll do. So we'll have your stuff, your digital trilogy stuff come in. We'll do Lost Light on the premium feed, and then we'll do Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Kind of already recently read it again, and it won't take that much work to do that one. So uh, and that and that's a that's a good that's a good ninety minute show right there. Maybe longer. oh easy yeah. So um, all right, cool. Let's do that. So uh. All right, folks. Um, there you guys have it. Stay tuned on the character corner. We'll get back into some uh, single characters soon. I'll probably hit in August. We'll, I'll pick a character and we'll we'll do that. We'll do a solo character again. But um, I think you guys will enjoy doing it. I think what people like hearing our combo book clubs, and I think open this up to everybody else. You you guys will enjoy them too. Um, so um, yeah, folks. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will be back soon. Peace. <laughs>